With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to episode number 50, 50 of Circles Off. This is 50. Episode number 50, Big Bomb Banger episode. Uh, actually, this one's going to be a little bit more niche this week. We tend to avoid niche episodes, but this is very topical for us. Um, myself and Johnny, obviously, uh, executive team of Betstamp, and we are Ontario-based, so this is a big week for us. A lot of the questions yeah. we're getting this week, both on our socials, from friends, even on randoms, uh, even from randoms on Twitter and other social uh, mediums are uh, related to regulation in Ontario. So we're going to cover it uh, both from a regulatory aspect and from a strategy aspect. So there might be some stuff in this podcast that maybe you're not in Ontario. You can probably still get some takeaways um, because there's a lot of states in the U.S. right now that are not regulated. Um, But anyone who's watching right now is going to see an unusual setup with four of us in the studio this week. We have a couple other Betstamp employees that we're going to bring to the table here. So what we want to get out of this episode um, is just covering everything that's going to happen in the province of Ontario over the course of the next few weeks, longer than that, uh, from a this is actually what's going to happen standpoint. And then furthermore, we're going to get into a little bit more strategy discussion. And we understand that there's a very wide range of betters, myself and Johnny on one end of the spectrum, which are uh, sharp. I mean, we just throw it out there. We're sharp betters. We win money in the long run. And then there's going to be people entering the space that are more casual, maybe never placed a bet in their life before. Um, or we might have, you know, the in-between who's, you know, betters uh, that just want to know more about the market. So I'm going to bring in Jacob first, who's being thrown directly into the fire. <laughs> Literally first week at yep. Betstamp. Day three. Day three. And we put him on the mic here. So Jacob, introduce yourself and um, your background and I guess what kind of better you are if you even have any. Uh, listen, when we do bets, when we hire at Betstamp, we're not just looking for anyone involved in the betting space. We like to take people who are just in the sports space, turn them into betters uh, from the standpoint of educating them. So Jacob, just give a quick intro on yourself. Yeah, so obviously my name's Jacob. Uh, I make Raptors themed content on YouTube. So I'm definitely versed into the sporting world. And recently, I guess I've been... A, bit of a casual better for one to two years now, really learning the game, still learning every single day, having picked up just a few things, being here for just three days. And now that Ontario is going to start legalizing betting and we're going to be able to see maybe more books, I think it's important for myself to get a bigger understanding and a better understanding of how to manage my money. I would say just from experience, I'm I'm just in it for the fun. Obviously, it's more fun when you win money, but... At the end of the day, it adds a new layer to watching sports. That's a lot more enjoyable for myself. So that's what I enjoy doing. Perfect. And well which said. sports books are you using, Jacob? Sports books. I was pretty much strictly Betway for the last year and a half. And in the last few days, I've put some on Bet99. Uh, I just put on Bet365. And I'm just starting to branch out a bit more with the knowledge of finding the best odds 
Good. Perfect. Good to hear. Good answer, by the way. Three days. Learned a valuable lesson already. <laughs> All right, Josh over here, probably the most handsome guy in the office. I'm not I'm not scared to admit that. Pretty You never told me that before, Rob. <laughs> introduce yourself <laughs> josh has been with us longer than jacob he manages a lot of our internal programs uh but josh same thing introduction on uh who you are where you came from and your style of betting well you know i got a job here uh not too long ago i do a lot of social media stuff work with the influencers but i am definitely a uh, a more casual better i try to convince myself that i'm more than that but at the end of the day i'm still learning a ton with it i don't do it to you know, make huge sums of money. I do it to, like Jacob said, enhance the game watching experience. And it definitely does that for me. So learning how to do it better, obviously you're going to enjoy it more. And uh, I'm always looking to improve like that. But I started off 6-0 and in the DGen fund. And then I go 0-7 on the absolute freezer. And I get an invite to the, uh, the newbie, the newbie podcast here, trying to teach everyone how to gamble. <laughs> like that's what, that's what happens when you go 0-7. and So I could maybe take some lessons away from today. Listen, you flip a coin seven times. It's going to come up heads or tails seven in a row. I mean, I don't know the percentage off the top of my head, but it's going to happen more frequently than you think. So we don't care about the short-term streaks. We just care that you are, uh, you're learning every day um, some concepts, and you can take that forwards. For those that don't know, DGen Fun, quick plug. If you do go to the BetStamp app and you go to the Marketplace, hit up the DGen Fund, click follow. This is our internal program where we prove that in the long run, you can win money purely by line shopping. Anyone in the office can make a pick in the DGen fund. Anyone on any given day can say, I want to bet this game. I want to bet this player prop, whatever. We bet it at the best possible line in market and we do track it in bet stamp. We're up quite a bit over the course of the last year. I'll pull the numbers right now. I might have almost bankrupted us there for a moment. Well, listen, we, we go on runs. I've had some bad runs as well. I mean, it, it happens, The but... I mean, we got lucky with some futures for sure. Mm. We are, um, myself and I don't actually know your guys' background, but myself and Johnny are uh, like Italian Canadian. At least our, our parents are of Italian heritage. So we were riding Italy pretty hard during the Euros, which was nice for the DGen fund. Oh, yeah. Uh, getting a lot of first goal score kind of stuff uh, in there and mixing it up. But um, it is a, a, a pretty fun program that we run internally. What are the stats? So, so the only rule for the DGen fund is one rule. The rule is whatever bet you want to make, you need to bet at the best number in the market. There's no exceptions. If someone suggests a, pe- a play, we first ask them what sports book. If they list a sports book and they can't find, and someone else can find a better number elsewhere, they're toast. Banned from DGen fund for, for, <laughs> for making picks for a couple of weeks. So that's the only one rule. Current stats right now. We again, it's all tracked on BetSamp, and you can follow it daily in the uh, in the marketplace. Average bet size seven hundred ninety-seven dollars seven cents, um, and we are running just we're running pretty hot, just over eleven point six percent for a total profit of nineteen point three k. Goal is we want to get this thing up to hundred k in the year, so we want to try to make it so that via the power of line shopping, having literally every single possible sports book that you can, we want to prove to you guys that. Just making picks with no edge, no models, no no statistics going like, you know, whatever you want to pick for the day could be your favorite team every night. We want to prove that you do have a shot to make money if you're line shopping, especially when you're looking at the futures in the props market. Exactly. I mean, we're going to have to hit some more big bomb bangers like we did over the summer. I think we had a big golf winner in there too. Big bomb bang. We're going to have to hit a couple of big bomb bangers. Absolutely. Like we're bangers. obviously waiting for the Leafs. Like if they get out in the first round, it's probably going to be a detriment to the DGen fund. If we get a Leafs cup run here, we might bring this thing to 100K. Mm-hmm. Even if the Raptors win a couple series, like that would be... 
The Raps won a series as well. I Good. cannot envision a night where we do not have Raptors money line in the DGen fund. We're going to bang the Toronto parlay. Raps, yes, Leafs, Jays. Absolutely. Raps, Le- Raps, Leafs, Jays, and an occasional TFC, on a four-team Toronto Once Insigne arrives. Toronto FC, overseas. yeah, in the summer when we get the Italian players. All right, so <laughs> off the rip, um, wanted to get into what is exactly happening within the Canadian market right now, within the Ontario market. But before I do that, I do need to give kind of like a little bit of an overview on how betting works currently in Ontario, as well as in other unregulated states. So um, if you're in Ontario and listening to this podcast, you probably know a lot of people who bet. You probably know tens, hundreds of people who bet. Um, And all those people have what they call like a betting site or a sports book. Now, in the current marketplace in Ontario, there's a few different ways to bet. The first is called what we call in the gambling industry, the paperhead industry or PPH. Now, what this is, is essentially you might have a buddy or a guy from your high school or a bartender, someone who has like a local bookie. And they're like, yeah, yeah, like I'll set you up with a betting account. They give you an account. They've got like an agent login so they can track the bets. And what happens is it's just a group of guys that are, you know, taking action um, you know, it is deemed illegal within Canada to do this. However, it is not illegal um, to actually place a bet via this method in Canada. I'm not a lawyer. So for anything, obviously consult uh, with a lawyer if you are making these decisions. But based on our knowledge, you know, it's not illegal to place a bet. However, when you are betting with these like local bookies, there's a lot of things that could come up, you know, either bad or good. The good thing is they do offer bets on credit. So, um, you know, if you hear of someone who's like, oh, I got paid out or I didn't get paid out, it's because, you know, they don't actually collect money up front. They just, uh, you know, mark it on a sheet within the software. If you win, you get paid out. If you lose, you're supposed to pay. Um, Obviously, that doesn't always happen, but that is kind of the whole paperhead industry of how that works, the PPH industry. And that's if you see someone who has like a bookie or knows that, then that's kind of what that is. So for anyone listening... That's what that is. Any comments or questions from I mean, any? That anyone? probably would have been our first experience with sports betting in Ontario. It was for me, probably for you, John. I mean, I was, I'm a little younger than you, so I had like a bunch of different sites off the rip. Yeah. But, but yeah, for sure. Like you always, you know, people from your high school and from that, like, oh, give me a bookie account or, hey, you want to be a bookie? And, you know, for me, it was always no, but uh, definitely know people who did. So, you, go ahead. So these are people who are just offering services of, of i'll present a line you can take either side of it and you know it's it's a really informal thing this isn't some company that's backing it no so it's literally going to be backed by like a group of people uh within within here more uh, often than not uh i, I like i'm a criminal enterprises let's I was put it say, that way yeah like you meet up with um what's commonly referred to um you like a johnny knuckles so to speak at the end of the week to either pay up or or, or they pay you and if you can't pay up there's probably going to be repercussions. That's just the typical, the way that the PPH world would yeah. work. Yeah, FYI, it's not something we would recommend at BetStamp or here. I'm just simply explaining kind of different things in the industry that happen right now. So this, by the way, like it's not like a guy's offering you a line on like a text message chat. There is a site that you log into. There's multiple different sites or skins as people call them. And uh, they're usually based uh, offshore. So maybe like Costa Rica or Panama, Antigua, depending on where they may you know, ex- have a license to accept gaming. And within these, with, with these sports books or with these paperhead books, um, the actual risk and the liquidity is backed by like an entity or a group, not a corporation or anything like that. So they just pay this website a fee. That's why it's called paperhead. They might pay a dollar a head, $10 a head, 
per person per month. Okay, it's a dollar a person, and then they have ten thousand people. It's ten thousand bucks a month that goes to that Costa Rican company, etc. Anything else to add, Rob? That's just the most traditional. I, I would say most people's first venture into betting would come that way. Um, like Johnny said, there was really no issues with the better betting into PPHs or into offshores, which we'll talk about next. Um, but it is illegal to run that type of bookmaking operation uh, across Canada and as far as I'm aware, across the U.S. as well. And okay. Do you need to meet with these people in person to get your winnings? I mean, so nowadays, I'm not, you know, I don't really partake in this part of the industry, so it's, it's tough to really know, but uh, you could meet in person, send an e-transfer, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I guess there's no standardized way to do it. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. At the end, it's, it's at the discretion of the people that are involved in that to settle in whatever way that they want to settle. There's usually agreed upon terms beforehand. There's usually agreed upon uh, settle limits. So for example, someone's not going to come up and meet you if you're up four, bu- four bucks at the end of the week, right? It's going to be a waste of a trip to a parking lot for you two guys yeah. to meet together. They're going to say, hey, let's roll this over to next week. But it's basically the wild, wild west of betting, if I could put it in any, you know, apply any context to it. Noted. Yeah, not a space you want to be playing in, especially as a new better. So we'll skip that. But we did, we do think it's important to kind of explain how that works. So second is what is called the offshore industry. Okay, so the offshore industry is, um, you know, largely a black market operation to run. However, as mentioned, is not illegal to bet within Canada. So there are companies that set up offshore, and instead of having their, you know, a, a, an organization collect the money, they incorporate a corporation or a company somewhere offshore. Maybe the Cayman Islands, maybe Costa Rica, maybe Panama. Different for all of them. And what happens is they will run their own site. They'll have their own trading team and they will market their services to Canada and the U.S. in a way that is illegal for them to operate. So examples of these companies that are considered black market offshore operators will be brands that you may have been very familiar with or heard of on a day-to-day basis, advertising. So one that everyone knows from advertising, especially here in Canada, is MyBookie, MyBookie.ag, straight black market operator. You also have Bodog, you have Bovada, you have bet online and you have a few other operators. Now, my bookie, absolute scumbag site. Never play that. What never play there, whatever. However, this is not just because they're a black market operation, doesn't mean they're any worse or better than the regulated market. Doesn't mean they're any worse or better than the paperhead market. All it means is that they are operating their company offshore. And because they're doing so without a regulated license within Canada or the United States the people and the big executives behind these companies would actually be subject to like criminal charges if they step foot in the United States, et cetera, et cetera. So these entities, example, Bodog, example, Bet Online, example, MyBookie, will typically offer like accept crypto or things like that because they can do it without a regulated agency and a governing body. And FYI, it's not like you're going to get stiffed if you play at these sites or if you you know do this. It's no guarantee of anything. All it is is just another opportunity to play, and they operate without a license within Canada and the U.S. right now. Anything to add, Rob? Yes. Yeah, so from a player perspective, if you're dealing with black market or they would refer to themselves as gray market operators where the laws are not clear on what they can and can't do, um, from a player perspective, you don't really have any recourse if something happens on one of these sites. So for example, if they just didn't want to pay you, there's really nothing you can do about it from a player perspective. There's no regulatory body that you can appeal to and say, hey, I'm up all this money, the site's refusing to pay me um, because 
again, they're just operating in gray market. Now, some of these sites will also operate directly in Canada, but on native reserves as well. So we see this a lot so in Quebec. That would be a different thing that I'm going Correct. to go into. Which we'll get to, which is which is more gray market as well. But the reality is that these all these are well-run sites for the most part. Obviously, with anything, there's scams and there's going to be poor sites. Um, you'll see a lot of the, the black market operators accept crypto as form of payments because it's very easy on their front. Um, typically, anyone who's deposited into an offshore sportsbook from Canada before has probably had problems. You might have, I definitely have, where your bank just declines your credit card and says, no, you can't deposit here. This is a gambling transaction. Um, because of this, they're encouraging you to deposit with crypto. They're giving you crypto bonus. So, so typically, you would get your bonuses in the form of crypto. Um, that's how you can very easily tell who is a black market operator when you're going to deposit. Okay, so... You've got your paperhead operators, paperhead market. You've got your black market operators that are operating, you know, offshore and illegally. And then in Canada specifically, which doesn't happen in the United States, you also have what's considered the gray market operators. And these gray market operators are not licensed with the government of Canada because up until a few months ago, there was no process to get licensed here in Canada. Um, so they're not licensed. However, they do possess either a license or some sort of exemption from uh, a native reserve usually within Canada. So this is basically, and again, I'm not a legal expert. A lot of what I'm saying is not, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. I think it's accurate, but obviously check with a lawyer before you actually make decisions based on what I'm saying. But back in the day, the natives had, uh, you know, laws here in Canada where, you know, they would, they would gamble and stuff like that. And then when it was colonized here, um, the natives are able to operate within Canada and do the same things they were doing prior. So when you look at casinos and things like that, typically are on the native reserves because they don't require licensing from the government. They don't have to pay X amount of taxes and things like that. So companies that might, you know, license on this native reserve and operate out of this native reserve do not need um, to possess a license with the government of Canada in order the government of Ontario in order to operate their um, sports books within Canada. So these operators um, are what's considered a gray area because they're located in Canada. Some still might be located offshore. You're able to play there. You're able to deposit in with e-transfer credit card and stuff like that and not get blocked. However, they're not technically regulated with the actual government of Ontario or the government of Canada. That's clear. Now you two guys are target market. Anyone, uh, like anything that does not make sense to you so far, or are you guys following along? So, so far, so yeah. good. So far, following along. So things are going to change on April 4th. Let's get into it. Okay. So comparable to the United States now. Within the United States, they had the paperhead bookies, and they still do. They had the offshore bookies, black market, and they still do for some of them. And then what happened with the U.S. is, um, you know, a law was repealed um, a few years ago in the United States. And now state by state, the governments in the U.S. are starting to legalize sports betting and open up a competitive marketplace where... U.S., Canadian, European, any company can go apply for a license, pay money to the government, and be licensed in a green market where every single thing goes through the government, taxes are paid, everything's on the up and up. You have a governing entity and a regulated body to go to for a dispute, for an issue, a commission, so to speak. Companies that are in the green market, regulated space, 100%. Companies by the names of BetMGM, BetRivers, DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesars, Points bet, the score bet, Barstool Sportsbook, and other brands along those lines. So 
these companies were not operating in Canada under the gray area. They were operating only in licensed market. On April 4th, which is this upcoming Monday from when you're listening to this podcast, um, we will have those operators launch in Canada. And now we get a new set of sports books right here in Ontario that are regulated. On top of that, all of the gray market operators are given a chance to apply for a regulated license. And what we've seen so far is that some of them, a lot of them have already been granted an approval for a pre-license. So a lot of the gray market operators will be getting official licenses within Canada to now operate in the green. The operators who were in the US, DraftKings, FanDuel, MGM, PointsBet, are gonna be coming over to Canada and Ontario with a green regulated license. And the offshore guys who, you know, they're able to apply, but are unlikely to get a license from the black market. Right. So give some examples, I guess, of the gray market operators that we expect to be in Ontario on April 4th. So gray market operators that have already been 100% confirmed in Ontario for April 4th would be operators by the names of Bet365, CoolBet, Leo Vegas, Royal Panda, um, to name a few. So they were already operating. You can go right now and open a Bet365 account. It's not April 4th yet. I mean, Jacob said you're betting on Bet365. I made now. a bet on that. Bet365 today. Okay. Yeah. So Betway would be another example um, is, you know, these guys have their license. They don't, they have licensing like elsewhere or, you know, they're going with different, um, you know, company structures in order to make sure they're getting the licenses. But you can, you can go for a Bet365 account, open it right now. You can open a Leo Vegas account right now. You can open a CoolBet account right now. What's going to happen is on April 4th, that now becomes regulated. They pay a specific, you know, tax fee structure, uh, market access fee. And now there's a regulation, the AGCO, which is the Alcohol and uh, Gaming Control Board of Ontario. And the AGCO now regulates this whole process. So if you have a dispute, you can go there. If you're a player, if you have a dispute as an operator, you can go there. And everything is now kind of on the up and up. No more stiffs, hopefully, you know, not getting paid out. Well, you, you no at least have a regulatory body that you can complain to at this point. Yep. Like if a sports book had a problem and they said, we're not paying you for so-and-so reasons, you could then petition to the regulatory mm-hmm. body or the government of Ontario basically to say, hey, I, I feel like I deserve to be paid for this situation. And at least there's a neutral party that's dealing on your behalf. And go for a fair trial, so to exactly. speak. You can have an opportunity to plead your case rather than just never seeing your money, right. essentially. Yeah. So Ontario is regulating not only for sports betting, but also for casino and poker sites as well. So you will see regulated casino sites, regulated poker sites, as well as all of these sportsbook offer- operators also, for the most part, most of them will also have a casino side where you can just go over to Bet365 Casino, play some, you know, dunk away some money on some online blackjack if you're feeling it. Yeah, interesting question here. I know that in the U.S., at these big casinos, they do have a sports book actually on hand where you can go over, watch sports, live bet through television screens. Is that going to be happening in Ontario? Great question. So that is one that, um, you know, hasn't, nothing's been formally announced yet uh, or anything like that. My belief is that we will see physical sports books, but it's not going to be right away. You have to obviously build them up. You're going to see partnerships, I believe, with some uh, current land casinos and things like that, where you would be able to have a big sports book. Um, the actual sports book experience in the U.S. is cool for like your first time, but it's uh, it's not the greatest. Like it's kind of um, we're we have a luxury of being able to place bets from our phone, like from you know open up, place a bet right away mid game. The actual sports book mm-hmm. itself is more of just like a bar setting. You the the physical like ability to go over the counter and pay for a bet and drop down the money. It's kind of a big hassle. Have you guys watched uh, games in like Vegas sports books before at all? Like in Vegas? Yeah. No. No? I never have, no. Okay. 
Yeah, I think that I'm with Johnny. There's to each their own, right? Everyone, is, some people are just gonna like an online betting experience. It's a, it's much more convenient. Obviously, you place it on your phone. For me, I've had so many like a, such a wide range of experiences at US like land based sports books. Sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes you have a guy cheering next to you who's got like a five dollar ticket on the opposite of your bet and you're like sweating a thousand dollars and you just absolutely want to murder this person <laughs> who's like really loud. But I, I don't know. I kind of do like that sometimes for me. One of the best sports experiences of my life was a few years ago. Uh, was a playoff game between uh, Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. It was the year that the Patriots beat the Jaguars to go to the Super Bowl. But the, the round before that was Jags uh, Steelers. Yeah. I watched it at the sports book, which is not, honestly not a great sports book, Cosmopolitan in Vegas on the Strip. But it was so divided 50-50, and it was such a high-scoring back-and-forth game. Those experiences are, like, incredible. I would be absolutely floored if there are not land-based sports books within the next year in Ontario. I'd be very shocked if that doesn't happen. Do, do you think that a market exists for that? Like, not necessarily, like, even for a bar to open up a book like let's say something like boston pizza where you can watch a bunch of games what if they opened up a section where you could do some live betting you're going to be there anyway for food open up a spot for live betting is there a market for that i absolutely think so i absolutely think it will happen like mm -hmm. pretty much every major sports bar in some capacity will partner with a sports book over time and actually be able to take bets on site in a and it'll like some people will absolutely hate it because it's going to completely change your bar experience when it, it, everyone turns into a, a you know a better and, or so to speak. But um, I I will. There's so much money like at yeah. stake here, and oh, yeah. so many. We'll get to this, but so many different operators who are going to be in market here that they are throwing around dollars to compete with one another, right? And uh, definitely, I think you're going to see big partnerships with major cross Canada companies. Um, like a Boston pizza. I think that's a great example, but also just individual sports books. Yeah. Um, obviously in Toronto, we have real sports, which is right outside Scotiabank arena, massive sports bar. There will undoubtedly be some sort of sports book partnership. Nobody knows what any of these things are. If you're not from Canada, uh, but you know what? Like Boston pizza, 100% <laughs> is not. So let's compare, we'll compare, compare <laughs> it to an American court. What's, what's like a cross country, uh, similar American corporation. Like an Applebee's. Yeah, in a maybe sense. a bit better, yeah. more high scale. Than Wait, Apple Boston Bees. Pizza? <laughs> yeah, no, Boston, Boston Pizza is not the greatest. Well, it depends, say, depends on your perspective. I agree with you. I'm not here to slander Boston Pizza. I'm, I am here to slander Applebee's, though. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the comparable is because there's one Boston Pizza in Niagara that is essentially a Dave and Buster's. Yeah, and that one is good, but the rest of them are not are not good. Yeah, I guess it's a very similar feel to the Dave and Buster's dining part. Like minus the games, right? Yeah, yeah. Boston pizza is literally like it's it's a it's a moderate. <laughs> it's a it's it's it is what it is. It's like yeah, you're gonna go out, you're gonna pay for overpriced pizza and uh, a, a good sports atmosphere. I guess it's a lot of options, <laughs> not a lot of good options, but Clearly, a lot of options. You've never ordered their jambalaya, I can tell. From Boston pizza, that was, yeah. it is actually probably the last thing I would ever consider ordering. From a Boston pizza, hey, like man, who don't is going until you try it? I, I'm I, I, yeah, if I want jambalaya, I'm not I'm not I, going to Boston I, pizza. And also, like if I if I'm look if I just sit down, I don't even know what I want to eat at Boston pizza, and I saw jambalaya, <laughs> and it even had like the recommended 
like chef's special symbol next to it, I still would never order. You know, sometimes life. the waiter gives you the main menu and then the special on a little sheet. Yeah. If that was jambalaya, it probably still would turn it down. <laughs> How, so, <laughs> jambalaya. so back to back to Jacob's initial question here. Sorry, like, Josh. do I think that do I think that there will be like stuff in Boston pizza? Um, I personally, I think that you know there, there might be a shot that there is, but I don't think you need it because. Everyone could bet anywhere as long as they have a phone. Right. And the majority of people, especially and probably 100% of the people who want to bet, have a phone, have a cell phone that's either, you know, an iPhone or some sort of Android that has data on it that they can automatically bet from at any time. So when you have something like this, you can make any, like your buddy's basement is now a sports book because True. you all go down there right. and you're like, Knicks are down. You're like the Knicks are down to the Raps. Like Raps are about to blow this. Let's let's bet on the Knicks. And then the Knicks come back. Raps are live dogs. You're like I'm hedging off and putting it on the Raptors. And you dunk the balance back, cash a middle or something like that. Like that is a fun thing that you can now just have with your buddies in in your basement. You could have always done that because we had sports books, obviously. But when it's regulated, one thing that picks up is obviously the advertising. Everyone's more into it right now. A lot of people are more or less concerned because like there are reputable payment methods now and you don't have to worry about money going in and out of your bank and stuff like that. So uh, realistically, like I don't think we need it at like a Boston pizza, but physical sports books, there should be a few popping up. And the reality is it's more of an experience. It's more of a thing to do yep. with your buddies. Like let's go to the sports book and watch this game or like Maple Leafs are in the playoffs. Like let's go, let's book game six and pay a cover to go to this sports book and pay a drink minimum or a food minimum and like go, go get a table at this sports book because you're just now watching it in a sweet environment or atmosphere. However, the actual betting portion of it, it's like, we've talked about it. I think we talked about it on an earlier episode, but like when you bet over the counter at a physical sports book, what happens is you bring cash, you bring a hundred dollars, you put a slap a hundred down. You say, let me bet on the Leafs guy prints your ticket. Sometimes the line changes like, oh, the line changes. Like you don't, you don't see anything. There's no screen. Like there's like a little odds board up at the side, which isn't. It's not uh, the same experience as on having your phone or your desktop. Yeah. And then not to mention, like he gives you a printout slip of the ticket. And like, if you lose that slip, you lost your bet. Mm -hmm. So like, think about how many people lost, won their bet and lost their slip in the whole world, in history. Billions, tri potentially trillions of dollars in lost slips. Literally. There was an article, this is many years ago now, we're talking about a half decade ago, about a guy in the state of New York who made a living off of just going to the racetrack, horse racing, picking up slips off the floor entire day and just feeding them through the machine. And the guy made like 60000 in a year. Wow. Just, <laughs> just feeding because people think they lose, there's an inquiry or whatever, but yes. This, think this, about how many people were in, Vegas, in Las Vegas bet a futures bet on their favorite college football team or something or a college basketball team went back home misplaced the ticket because it didn't grade for like 18 months or 15 <laughs> right. months and then um ended up winning the ticket and then lost it and couldn't cash it and that was like a fifty thousand dollar cash probably so yep. many people uh so anyways that doesn't happen on the apps it's like much simpler um even in terms of like getting money in and out you know no one really wants to carry around let's say you want to place a five thousand dollar bet like, do you really want to bring $5,000 with you on the, on your person, walk right. into a sports book? Like, there's a lot of concerns around stuff like that, that, okay, sure. Well, maybe listen, maybe 5,000 5, in a duffel bag. You can actually fit 5,000 5, in your pocket, but some professional sports bettors out there think that you need a duffel bag to carry $5,000 around. Yeah, 5,000 yeah. might be fine because you can put it, you can fit 5,000 in, in a duffel bag, but 10,000 <laughs> where you might need two duffel bags for that. So 
I don't know if you want to be walking around two duffel bags. <laughs> no one has any idea what we're talking about every single time we bring that up, except for one guy who messages me on Twitter every time, and he's just like, absolutely love that reference. Yeah, explain what it is. It's low key. Uh, okay, I will explain what it is. Um, we obviously do tweets that twi- trigger us on this program. If this uh, program was live, if Circles Off was live at the time of tweets that trigger us, this definitely would have made it into a segment. Um, but there is someone who claims to be a pro better named Simon Hunter, who I don't t- necessarily believe is a pro better. That's, that's regard, you know, irrespective of what I'm going to talk about here. But um, he did like a segment on how he uh, interviews runners for him to go to different sports books to bet on his behalf. Now, the whole idea of having a runner or beard or whatever at different sports books, the main reason someone would do that is they would put people at different sports books so that they can always get the best number. It's essentially a form of line shopping at a land-based sports book. So across Vegas, you might have someone in 10 different people in 10 different locations. So when you want to bet something, you'd quickly look up who has the best price. You'd get your runner there to bet it. Simon Hunter says he's hiring runners because he's lazy. He doesn't want to place the bets on his behalf. That's clue number one into <laughs> his professionalism. But he also talked about how he goes through an interview process um, where he asked to speak to their mother for some reason. First of all, it never worked for someone who asked to spoke to my mother, no matter how desperate I, the, the job was. But whatever, he goes through that interview process. And part of the reason he wants to speak to their mother in the interview process, because he wants to get a gauge of how they were brought up because he is handing them sometimes five, ten thousand $10,000 worth of cash in a duffel bag to go to place bets for him. Now, I've been betting a lot in my life. Granted, Canadian dollars are a little bit different than American. It doesn't matter. It's kind of relatively the same size. But I grew up betting in PPH accounts, which we talked about at the beginning, and I've had some big pickups in my life. You know what $5,000 looks like mm-hmm. in terms of a stack? No. It is... It's no, this, it's, it's no this thicker thing. than my phone, right? In here. hundreds, five thousand. That phone in hundreds is probably ten thousand. Maybe not, but regardless, you can put five thousand dollars in your pocket with absolutely no yeah. problem whatsoever. You could put ten thousand dollars. You would never so, ever, even if you were carrying only tens and fives, you could probably fit it in your pocket and not in a duffel bag. I, it's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. In my I life. have held three thousand dollars in twenties, tens, and fives, and it's about like yeah, that, like about 20s, an inch and a half, two inch thick, and that's twenties, twenties. Like tens. I don't know if this guy's sending <laughs> like his runners with one dollar bills or something like that, but like definitely do not need a duffel bag. For that amount of money. He's like, I want to place a big bet. Pulls open a briefcase, (laughs) opens it up. He's like, 5,000 on the Knicks. (laughs) It's all ones. And the the teller is counting it and the bet goes off the board by the time they're even able to get it in. Like, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So I do bring it up over and over and over because it's actually, it really bothers me. Well, like you said, professional bettors, they want to look professional and to an inexperienced better. Wow, he's walking with double bags. He's... Looks badass. Yeah, it looks cool. <laughs> Any probably need, how much would you need for to put money in a duffel bag? Like you need like a hundred k. Yeah, no, but nor would it you be. Yeah, I, I guess like I, need, I don't know the amount that I would need. It but depends like, the denomination of bills, but like for example, like you could easily carry like if it's all in hundreds, you could easily carry fifty grand on your person. Yeah, I've literally seen people with the the travelers pouches. Like I've I've. I haven't spent all my lifetime in Vegas casinos. I actually spend very little time 
in Vegas sportsbooks or whatever. Most of the betting I've done in the course of my life has been online. But I've been a lot of scenarios where I've been in a sports book for several days making big bets. And the reality is I've never actually seen someone with a duffel bag. The biggest bets I've ever seen were, were those travel pouches, you know, right. where, because you're carrying a lot of money. You want to have it visible, visibly attached to you at all times. And so no one can pickpocket you in front of you or whatever. And literally you'll see people pull out a wad, which, you know, of hundreds. And it's probably like making a $50,000 bet, $100,000 bet, but it literally fits in a travel pouch. Yeah. I mean, I'm so happy that the like with the regulated books coming as well and then just the ability to, you know, transfer in via like bank transfer and have your balances all online. Like I am excited, you know, I, I don't deal, uh, haven't dealt in the actual like physical cash game for a number of years and it, it's, it's much, much better. So even when we're talking about that as like, I don't ever want to carry cash on me. I rarely ever do. I never carry like anything above maybe like, you know, whatever. You, you might carry 200 bucks in your wallet or something like that. But I'm never going to actually carry a large amount of cash, especially not when going to like a casino or something. So that alone is just like another f four, four apps against in-person uh, in person, right. I think that's going to be one of the biggest advantages to Ontarians now going forwards is... Payment processing traditionally for betting in Ontario is such a pain. Like we have four banks basically in Ontario, four major banks who dominate the majority. Well, let's list them out. Who cares? There's mostly Canadians listening here, but Scotia, TD, RBC, BMO, um, uh, CIBC, and HSBC. Okay. HSBC, I'll argue, is very small here. It's the one of the only six that allows you to get a business bank account. Sure. Okay. Five major banks, let's say in Ontario, but a couple of them are directly block any gaming transactions right now. So TD is one of them. I'm with TD. I've experienced this my whole life where you go put in a TD credit card and they say, no, we're blocking your transaction. That will no longer happen as of April 4th. So that's huge now for people who want to bet on sports. You no longer have to deal with crypto. Like, I mean, listen, I'm very well versed in crypto. I have been my whole life. There's a lot of people who just don't want to buy a bunch of crypto to deposit to a sports book. Okay. Interaki transfer. Like, this is just so easy for you to get money in and out nowadays. And the amount of um, options that I think Canadians are going to have available to them, this is where I think it's going to just be night and day relative to what we've seen over the course of the last, you know, half decade, decade, uh, where people are just like, ah, I can't get money. People go with PPH accounts and their local bookie because they can deal with cash. And lots of Canadians have been dealing with ProLine um over the counter yeah go get a, a ticket that, that's for my one of my first experiences with betting right as as it is for oh, most not to mention proline as a betting option in canada my yeah. whole thing is my whole clip is done now your whole clip is void <laughs> there was one more option in canada that was regulated by the government okay i didn't mention it because it was just so trash in terms of an actual betting opportunity however they did have a licensed operator one it's called proline if for anyone who's in ontario you obviously know what it is um you go to a convenience store or a gas station and you fill out a little uh, Scantron-esque type sheet yeah. with a paper, HB2 <laughs> pencil only. And uh, you, you, the operator, like the guy who or guy or girl who owns the gas station or whoever's working at the station will feed it through the runner and then it'll give you a little printout ticket. It's with OLG, right? With OLG. You, the maximum amount you could bet it would be two thousand dollars it was like two dollars to two thousand dollars and the um the minimum amount of games you had to bet per slip is three so you needed to bet everything with a three-team parlay and there was no money line the max you couldn't bet a team to win for like football or basketball you had to bet them to win by four it do spreads Ho hockey you could do money line but it was just su such a high hold 
static odd set. So you could still find some edges here and there, but it was such a high uh, juice, basically. Like the spreads were anywhere in the range of like, you know, because you had to parlay. So you're looking at like a minus 50% ROI right away on your ticket. Not to mention anytime you actually did have an edge on a bet, you had to rush to bet it because you would go fill out the damn, the damn thing that would take you forever to fill out, slip it through. And then like the convenience store owner would be like, Sorry, didn't max, work. Max uh, risk. Max liability exceeded. reached. Yeah, that's because there was a bunch of sharp groups in Ontario who would, would go around and pick off well, all the Well, idea. so like one of the big things every week is you would want to bet against the Buffalo Bills if you're in Ontario. Because at a regular sports book, Buffalo would be like, let's just, random example, but Buffalo's minus seven in their game. Proline's going to make them like minus nine and a half or minus 10. Because so, everybody in Ontario bets on Buffalo every week. So you bet against Buffalo. But obviously, sharp people are doing this, so you would get try to get down and you get the max liability reach type of thing. Very annoying, but still an option. Single game is still an option over the counter right now. People are extremely confused by this because they've been playing parlays their entire life. They don't even know what a, somehow don't even know what a straight wager is. But yeah, it is just another betting option out there. And people do like the convenience of cash sometimes. I'm just on my way home from work or on my way to work or on lunch. Here's a a toonie. We have toonies for the Americans listening in Canada, probably uh, laughing at these Canadians that have a $2 coin. But yeah, <laughs> you go drop a toonie, get your parlay. You have to hold that ticket as well. Yeah, Rob likes to deal with those so he doesn't have to show his wife is losing tickets. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you're already at the convenience store. It's actually true. Because uh, I, I first started betting with ProLine because I had a convenience store right outside my house at school. Some people are going to be at the convenience store anyway, picking up cigarettes or picking up whatever so you have a bit of extra change you could throw it on a on a nice cheeky parlay at pro on a nice Big negative 30 percent roi parlay yes yeah. yeah. it's, it's a, the odds are actually absurd like yes they're, I, I agree and at once i started actually looking online and stuff i was looking at the the spreads i was betting on like what were these well <laughs> were, listen like with with game with um online gaming becoming so popular here now and it's like it's going to blow up obviously over the course of the next six months yeah. it'd be very easy to just go to ProLine's website because you can still fill out like a ticket online to see what your ticket will pay, right? Before you go play it at the convenience store, you can very easily fill it out there and then go to one of the regulated sports books, like any of them, whether it's FanDuel, DraftKings, PointsBet, BetRivers, whatever. There's going to be tons of options. Put that same parlay in on that site and you will see how much more it actually pays on an actual sports book than it does on ProLine. And that's like, once once people start to see that, I don't know how ProLine is going to exist anymore. Yeah. I mean, unless they reduce the VIG, get a better provider and start to market in the ways that are not the ones I was watching earlier today. <laughs> you guys talked about how the Buffalo Bills, the line would move so much in Ontario. So like this is something that I thought I figured out a while ago, but I just want to ask for anyone else that might be wondering the same thing. So the way they establish a line is, of course, it begins at a certain point. But the goal, if I'm correct, of the sports book is to have an even amount of betters on each side of the bet. So yes and no. Okay, so how, how does it work? How does a live line move? So it's, okay, this is, it's a good question. Depends on the book. It depends on the book. Every single book has their own risk appetite. So there will be some books who are just trying to balance action. So they're literally going to, books charge a VIG, minus 110 on both sides. That's where the house edge is because most people are, are coin flippers. They're going to win 50% of their bets over time. Uh, and the VIG is where the house edge is. Now, some sports books are very risk averse and they're going to say, yeah, let's just balance action. So regardless of what, what the outcome is in this game, we have pretty close to equal action on both sides. We're going to win no matter what. 
There are sports books, however, that have a much higher risk tolerance and they'll be willing to take a side. You often see sports books, whether they're offshore, regulated, doesn't matter, who says, who say, we are cheering for this outcome today. So as a sports book, when you're setting your line, you're mostly going to copy other market making sports books lines, but you're also going to use your own internal profiles. Every time you make a bet with a sports book, you're providing that sports book with some information on what type of better you are. They know who wins in the long run, who loses in the long run. If they see all their winning betters are betting the same side in a game, the sports book may choose to take that side in the sense that they won't move the line. They'll say, you know what? Majority of our action is on this other outcome, but all of our sharper betters like this outcome, we're gonna we're gonna root with our better. So, so they might want to keep a hundred thousand on the good side and only have forty thousand on the other side. I was consulting for a major offshore sports book when Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather happened. Okay, yeah. big betting event, massive betting. Absolutely event. not a once in a lifetime opportunity. But we're not gonna get into this again. Definitely a once in a lifetime, but. To each their own. <laughs> you said Charles Leclerc was a was a once in a lifetime last year, and Listen, he withdrew. I may yes, he, he um, his gearbox failed on the, the the formation lap, but that's a, a story for another day. <laughs> Mayweather McGregor could not find people who wanted to bet on Floyd Mayweather in that fight. The sports book I was consulting for at that time had a massive liability on McGregor. Meaning that if McGregor won, this sports book was going to hu- lose huge to the point where they were actually taking so many bets that they had to consult with their board of directors to say, listen, we feel like we are, this is way mispriced. Like May- Mayweather should be a way bigger favorite, but at this price, people are still constantly betting McGregor. What do you want us to do? Board of directors said, just keep taking the bets. And they, they made a killing off that fight. So you will see instances like that where, honestly, that was probably the case for 90% of the sports books on the planet, where they were all rooting for Mayweather in unison, felt that they were actually not even hanging close to a fair price, but people were still betting McGregor. And I bet on Conor McGregor. I bet on Floyd. <laughs> so did I. I was at a wedding that night, sweating, sweating hard, not even watching the fight, getting texts from my buddies for the first two rounds that are like, oh man, Mayweather's in trouble here. Like McGregor's got to be live favorite, whatever. I turned my phone off. I'm like, I had so much money. And I was literally parlaying people with Floyd Mayweather for a month. Like my picks with Floyd Mayweather for a month. (laughs) Every single time I made a bet, I parlayed it with Floyd Mayweather. Going on, I had a massive amount. It would have been a devastating loss for me. What was his line (laughs) again in that? Was he Closing minus minus 200. Yeah. He was only... Yeah. What? There well, was, that that's the scenario here that happened. That's crazy. It's a you would say that's a once in a lifetime event, right? <laughs> I minus two hundred. It might be Johnny. That's crazy. But you realize one thing about a once in a lifetime event, right? If you say something's a once in a lifetime event, then that at any time it can get overtaken. There's a, like it's not a once in a no, lifetime. Right. It might be a five in a lifetime. You might handful. get five of those. You, a handful I, in a lifetime. Handful in a lifetime. <laughs> I, will there ever be a bigger edge? In my lifetime, than Mayweather in that fight, I don't think there will be. Yeah, there will. There already is. Uh, in terms of like how much, you're right. I know what you're going to get at, and you're technically right. I I know, but also but from a pure I'd say Kelly however many, okay, however many events there are, you could probably fit all of those in one duffel bag. 
That's how many events we have. A duffel bag's worth of... of, of Can't put it in your back pocket or your no, side pocket? No, I would not be able to fit Fanny it in pack. my person. Fanny pack? No. No, no, no. A duffel bag's worth. Anyways, um, question here from uh, producer Zach, who uh, lost his mic because we had to give it to Jacob here. So, sorry, Zach. You, you just texted it in, which is... Uh, feel like apps will be important for new betters. Do we know how many of these companies are releasing apps? That's a great, a great question. So... We're going to open up a Q&A to you guys as well after this. So, so for the actual app, um, some companies were unable to get apps on like the Google Play Store, which feeds all Android phones. Others were unable to get apps on the App Store due to some other, you know, real money, real money wagering requirements and things like that. So ultimately, this is big for actual physical apps that are downloaded for, from the App Store because now companies can actually submit those if they're regulated and licensed without a hassle. And they can get onto Android and Google Play phones and then also on uh, iPhones via the App Store. So I would say, you know, not all of them are going to have apps just based on technological capabilities. Like they're not gonna have them ready right away. But for the most part, you'll see all of the apps now pop up where you'll be able to have a folder on your iPhone with like your hopefully 20 sports books that you use, hopefully, and uh, Betstamp at the forefront. And then you're just going to zip bet stamp, compare odds, bang, link over, done, make money, DGen style. I will say, uh, DGen style. I uh, big we, bomb bangers. We will be launching a uh, an extension of the bet stamp website, um, which will have sportsbook reviews, a lot of sportsbook reviews. Native apps are killer, man. Like when you get a sportsbook, and there's about a handful of them that are going to have these native apps that are actually built for Android, iOS. They're not just an extension of the website, which are like really, really clean. Those are beautiful to use when they work properly, when they're fast. So I think there's gonna be a competitive advantage for those sports books. Obviously we're in Canada. We all grew up using the score as our sports betting app. They have actual tie-ins with their actual enterprise app where you can bet straight from within there as well, which I think is a big competitive advantage. I think people will see that in the early going. And it might offset the fact that they won't be launching with a website. So there's going to be like all sorts of little nuances you're going to want to know for every sports book. That's why we are putting sports book reviews up. And we're also going to have a Discord channel, which will be made available as well. Yeah, so- this is big. This is huge. I'm telling everyone here right now, we're going to plug it once, is if you want to make money on sports betting within Ontario, and by no means is this a guarantee you're going to make money, but it's pretty damn close with all the bonuses and stuff. That's this is a once up. in a lifetime event for real. This you're not is- going to get the first week of regulation in Ontario ever again. Yeah. And it's not even first week. I would say you have about a three month window right now where all the books start to pop up with new bonuses and stuff like this. So now if you are looking to get into sports betting in any capacity, if you're someone who has one sports book, if you just have a bet three, six, five account, if you're only betting right now through your buddy from high school from seven years ago on that PPH account, now is the time to start learning because you have so much free money and bonuses. I've said it before. I'm very, very confident. I can take somebody um, I could take a rookie better, anyone right now, a rookie better. And with the right amount of training and the know-how and a decent size starting bankroll by decent size, I mean, potentially like in the range of 10 to $20,000 starting bankroll. I think within the first year of sports betting, you can make six figures. You can make a hundred thousand dollars this year with all the bonuses, no questions asked again. Not guaranteed money, but you can make a hundred thousand. I think I can take anyone in the world and make them a hundred thousand within the first year. Secondly, if you don't have a ten thousand dollar starting bankroll and you have a two hundred dollar starting bankroll or a five hundred dollar starting bankroll, 
This is your prime chance now with all these bonuses and promos to build that up from 500 to 5,000 to 10,000 within the first year and really start to learn and scale up. So I really think it's a massive opportunity within Ontario right now. If you were whatever re- for whatever reason serious about it, join our Discord. We're going to be giving out so much info. Everyone's making money. And honestly, just to add to that, for anyone who thinks that's a sales pitch or it's BS, go listen to two episodes ago of Circles Off where we had Telemachus Model on who is US-based in Virginia, who had legal sportsbooks come to his state, literally in the span of two years, turned a 25K bankroll. No, 25K. 5K bankroll. 2,500. 20, something of 2,500. $2,500 bankroll into 250,000. Now, obviously that entails some hard work and a lot of stuff. And I'm not saying every single person who has a $2,500 bankroll is going to be able to do that. But you could take away a lot from that interview. On top of it, he talks about how he just used the sign-up bonuses to his advantage. He used free play bets to his advantage. He used odds boost to his advantage. So listen to that. You'll gain a lot of meaningful insights. And he is an example of someone who went from a pure, through and through, recreational better to what we call semi-pro now who is making a very good uh, living off of that as well. Rob, so. There's six sports books in the state that he's from. I'm not sure. Did we mention what state he was from? Virginia. So you mentioned from Virginia. There's six active sports books in Virginia. Within Ontario, we may see within the first six months, upwards of 55 to 60 sports books. If he, that, if Telemachus was in Ontario instead of Virginia, that 250K bankroll would be a million right now. No Probably. doubt in my mind based on the number of votes. Therefore, what I'm saying is join the discord. I will be in there daily. Rob will be in there daily. We will have a a few other members of BetStamp who are super into sports betting and active and actually grinding out and and trying to make money betting sports, helping other people, giving out um, plays on what's going to be good, helping people evaluate bonuses, odds boosts, things like that. We are going to make sure as a community, we are all hitting Big bomb bangers. Big bomb bangers. Anything that we haven't touched on that you guys are curious about? Yeah, so I've been talking about how I use Betway. I use Bet365 today. What can I expect to change with those places? Because I've been betting. I've had no issues withdrawing money, no issues depositing until, well, actually, last month or so I've had issues with RBC, but. Your, yeah. ba- your bank, not the sports book right, itself. Right, right, right. With, with, Nothing, no problem with a sports book. What can I expect to change in terms of like, you know, you're talking about these big changes. What, what should I expect? So within those particular sports books, which is really only a small handful, there will not be many major changes within those particular books. One thing that did change already is that you saw um, slight changes in like the payment processing and payment methods. So Bet365 yes. was notoriously hard to get money in and out of because a lot of the payment processors would block the transactions. You'd have to use a third-party processor they recently, over the last month and a half, added the Interact e-transfer method Which ahead of the Which is what I use today. It's I use so that today. Good. It's so, so, so easy. So prior to yeah. that, were you able to deposit into 365 or you didn't have today one? Today was the first day I deposited into 365. With, with Betway, I could always deposit with my bank, but I had to withdraw with an e-transfer. There you go. So um, I think the main change is going to be the payment methods and the ease of withdrawal, the verification process. And obviously, if you do have any issues with the book... Now you do have a governing entity to go to. So that's the main change right there. But in terms of the product gameplay, those apps, 
those companies are established. They're, they're majority right. going to be the same. I will point out there is one other thing as well, which I think is if you are currently betting on a, on a gray market site that is going to be regulated in Ontario, they are required by law to settle all of the bets in their system by midnight of April 3rd and start fresh on April 4th. Now, every sports book is handling this differently. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to consult with the customer support at your specific sports book to just ask them how it's being handled. Some sports books will cancel or void your future bets. Some will void them and issue you a bonus on April 4th. Some will void them. And if you reach back out to them post April 4th, you can rebet them. There's going to be a variety of ways that these are handled. In some cases, like if you have a future at a sports book that's going to get voided on that night and that sports book offers early cash out, you're going to want to take the early cash out. It's a no brainer, right? Massive edges to be had potentially in other things as well. Like, you know, you can almost free roll book for four days, right? So if you're looking at a free, like something like a Lakers, will the Lakers make miss the playoffs? If you can still bet that right now, they're out of the playoffs, right? So yeah, you can bet right now still at a dog price Lakers miss playoffs. And um, with the expectation that that will be voided on April 4. So you basically have a three-game free roll right now where if the Lakers win those three games, now they're in a position where they should be making the playoffs. And now you can message them, get that feature back. So again, a lot of different stuff here. These are huge edges where you can you can you can maybe potentially see a, a nice free roll in in stuff like that. And you know I'll be looking out for it and I'll be uh, reading the terms of service. But also these are the things that you're going to get by joining the Betstamp Discord channel. Free money given given out, mm-hmm. and even more than that, in amazing advice and fun to be had. Lots of wisdom in there. And I, I had one more question for you guys: a DFS gaming. That's something yep. I didn't know a whole lot about, and apparently, it's leaving Ontario. Yes. So, daily fantasy sports. A lot of people actually. Wait, is this official? By the way, can we talk about this right now? FanDuel has confirmed. I've already received an email directly from FanDuel's website with their intentions to leave market. DraftKings, I have not received a formal issuance from them, but it is expected that they are going to follow suit with FanDuel. Okay, so, so we'll leave it at FanDuel right now correct. and with the expectation that this is potentially going to impact DraftKings as well. It does suck. So personally, I am a DFS player. I love it, especially during NFL season. This is daily fantasy sports. Just the idea of I'm not in any season-long leagues. I like to play it on a weekly basis. They will no longer be able to offer paid contests to Ontario residents. So... Part of the reason why is because of Canadian law uh, that does not allow for liquidity pools cross province. So basically, if they were going to offer DFS contests to to betters in Ontario or, or players in Ontario, they would only be able to offer that paid contest within Ontario itself. They cannot share liquidity across borders. Because of that, they're making a, a decision to pull out of the market. This could change at some point in the future. Canadian law could change, for example. Enough people provide an uproar here or cause an uproar and say like, hey, why can the U.S. do it? Which U.S. is allowed, liquidity pools across, uh, at least for DFS purposes, then we might see some changes happen. So I don't think this is over and done with yet. But for now, those who are on DraftKings and FanDuel, you will be able to win FanDuel for sure. DraftKings very likely. I'll preface or, or just clear. No, we said that. we put the disclaimer at the at the beginning of the show. Now yeah. we can say whatever. Yeah. So you'll be able to withdraw your money. You will not be able to transfer it to the sports book. Oh, really? You will have to redeposit. Interesting. Okay. That's specific from FanDuel's customer service, which I've dealt with now. I can pull my money out of FanDuel. I can redeposit it into the sports book, but I will not be able to directly transfer it. So it's got to be 
independent, but that's actually a really good question because that will affect a lot of people. And um, I will fight for DFS to be back in Ontario at some point. You just want to lose extra money. 100%. (laughs) I I am not a winning DFS player anymore. At one time, I did play for a living. Before I became a professional sports better, I was a DFS player. Edge dried up real quick. What was that? What was that uh, tweet that you put out? I was laughing hard. So FanDuel, there, there was an article that was alluding to FanDuel leaving the market. Uh, and it was, I don't remember the exact tweet, but it was something along the lines of, uh, oh, it was a good one. Well, just I'll plug my Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Rob Pizzola. Search my FanDuel tweet. I thought it was pretty funny and clever in real time. Let me see what he put. It, it was actually pretty funny. Uh, okay, so it was a tweet said, FanDuel to stop offering daily fantasy sports contests in Ontario. And then Rob quote tweeted and said, could have just titled this Rob Pizzola to stop losing money on DFS in Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is fun though. I will miss that. At the end of Rob's Periscope, he always says this. All right, it's, uh, he's like, he goes, okay, all right. It's uh, just past noon. Time for me to throw a couple DFS darts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which by the way, I do preach betting early, which is important for DFS. It doesn't matter. So just to clarify out there, everyone, anyone who might say, Oh, Rob's always telling me not to wait till the last minute to bet. DFS is very different from betting. Don't wait till the last minute to bet. It's a very bad idea. Bet early. Um, any other things that we want to go over here? I'm just thinking off the top. I have have a question. So you were talking a lot about bonuses and how bonuses are going to be a big part of how you can make money in the next few months as as regulations imposed. How do you feel about, so I've typically with my free bets gone with a little bit more ambitious bets because it's a free bet. How do you guys feel about that? What's the best strategy with those free bets? For sure. Okay. So before we get into that question, then Jacob, we'll talk about the bonuses. That's massive. That's first and foremost for anyone listening. Okay. So why we're saying you can make so much money right now in Ontario from sports betting is because all of these sports books are in a competitive zone where there's so many of them, right? So if there's, let's say, you know, you know, compare it with anything else. If there's two retailers, there's two gas stations, um, you know, the prices might not be as competitive. If there's 25 gas stations, then this guy's going to have a loyalty program. This one has this, this one's leading you in with this and so on and so forth. So within the sports book community right now, some states for example, Oregon only has one single operator. They can offer whatever pricing they want. There's the Montana State Lottery, which offers pricing you know, minus 42 aside for straight bets. Yep. They can offer whatever they want because there's no other operator. Within Canada, within Ontario right now, if Bet365 says tomorrow, uh, we're minus 15, minus 15 for hockey betting now. If you want to bet the Leafs, it's now minus 15 aside instead of minus 10, which is higher commission that they're taking. Another operator will say, okay, well, we're still minus 10. Come bet it here. Someone else like, well, we're minus 109. And someone else might be minus 105. And someone else is going to say, oh, we've got this as a special promo today. So come bet it here. More competition equals better opportunities for the better. So these bonuses, usually within the offshore space, you know, you, you look at getting a sign-up bonus and the rough expected value usually equates around $200 in bonus. You might deposit 200, get 200 free, or you might deposit 500, get a $500 free play with an expected value of 250 or 200. Within the current regulated market within Canada, based on some of the offers we're seeing and privy to right now, it looks like the expected value on the bonuses is going to be well north of 300 per bonus, right? If you max it out and use it correctly. So what that means is, you know, just do the math real quick right now. Just sign up bonuses if there's 50 different sports books and you can make 300 a book. That's already a very, very nice starting point. On top of that, 
where it really comes in is the actual like loyalty slash customer engagement portion of it where like you're going to just open your account one day or get an email saying like, okay, bet on the Leafs tonight, get a $50 free bet if you bet on the Leafs tonight or, you know, do this and get this. Um, you will have to opt into those within the Ontario law right now, which I would recommend you guys do opt in to all sportsbook promotions. Sometimes it is a little annoying to get spam emails, but, um, you know, spam email to me is something that's try trying to make me spend money. Um, not something that's saying like, Hey, bet on the Leafs tonight. And, um, if they lose, then you get your 50 credited back tomorrow. I wouldn't view it as a spam meal, spam email. Some, some cases, yes, but more often than not, it's an opportunity. Absolutely. So within those signup bonuses, as Jacob mentioned, first and foremost, you need to read the terms. So you are going like, again, we will help you calculate everything to do with this within the Betstamp discord. So join there as well. Um, it's discord for those who don't know, it's like a social app. You can chat it's different channels, uh, and make a username. And we're going to tweet it from our Betstamp account. As we will well. tweet it from our Betstamp account uh, and you can find it there. Basically join it. If you don't want to join under your real name, you want to be secure, make an alias, make it one, two, one, two, seven, Jabroni 69, whatever you want. That's join. actually my account. So. <laughs> join under whatever discord name you want. Doesn't matter. We're not going to ever ask you for money. We're, it's not a, it's a free discord. We're helping you. We're helping people make money. And what we are full transparency. We're trying to get you guys to use Betstamp and grow our product. There's no, we're not asking for money. It's free to be in there. It's never going to be a paid discord, stuff like that. But when you go in there, we'll, we'll teach you how to evaluate some of these things. But one of the main things is when they give you a bonus, there's terms and conditions attached. So we'll show you how to read those. Some sports books will pay back the bonus amount in what's called a free bet, which Jacob has asked about. So what a free bet is or a risk-free bet or a can't lose bet or whatever, like each book calls it a certain thing is essentially this. If you bet, you get that credit. So you'll have a $200 free bet in your account. You bet it on something. If it loses, the free bet goes away and no balance has been deducted from your account. If it wins, it's going to pay back the net win amount, but not the risk amount because it was a zero risk. So essentially, if you're logging that bet in Betstamp or in some sort of tracker, what you would risk is zero. What you would win is 250, assuming you bet on a plus 100 even money um, underdog. So if that's the case, what Jacobs asked is, should you take shots on your free bets? And the answer is absolutely yes. Best expected value on the free bet because of the fact that you only receive the, the risk amount in z as a zero. You don't actually get that back. So all you receive is the win amount. You never want to be betting a high minus. You never want to be taking a minus a thousand. You'd much rather take a plus a thousand funny, to get paid out Funny enough, more. sorry to cut you off. Funny enough, I think we've talked about it on this show before. The sports An book will episode. actually restrict you sometimes from taking a big minus, which actually makes no sense. No they sense. would rather you do that. Sorry to cut you off in it, but anyone who sees that, they might say, oh, the sportsbook doesn't want me to take a big favorite. These guys don't know what they're talking about. I can assure you, we know what we're talking about from an expected value point of view. You do not want to put that 250 on like a minus 500 and it wins and you only get 50 bucks in your account. When you could put that 250 on a bigger parlay, a long shot, something where you score big, the expected value in the long run is, is way better on, top, on, on that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to calc in Excel right now and walk you guys through it because it seems like you're a little confused on the math and we can have Zach pull up the graphic. How does that sound? Sounds good. Decent idea. All right. So for simplicity, we're going to say you have a $1,000 free bet. Okay. okay. Just so it's, you know what? Let's make it a hundred. So you have a hundred dollar free bet in your account right now. Okay. So now we're going to do two examples. We're going to do the example 
of a minus a thousand. And then we're going to do the example of betting on a plus a thousand. Fair enough. Okay. So, uh, for the simplicity of this, what, what do you want the plus a thousand to be? Give me a, give me a bet. Plus a thousand Raptors to win the chip. That's going to be more than plus a thousand brother. Raptors to win. Uh, uh, yeah, not even the East will be. Okay. So you got the Raptors. To the also, you probably won't be able to bet this on futures bets. Again, it'll yeah, all be in the terms. Example, bad example. So let's uh, say plus a thousand. Let's say it's a, a three-team parlay for tonight. Okay. Yeah. So you have a three-team parlay for tonight at plus a thousand. Okay. So Raptors, you, Leafs, Jays. So you have two. Perfect. You have two scenarios here. Number one is that parlay loses and you're you're at zero. Okay. So now your net is zero. Number two is that parlay wins, and you net out a hundred at plus a thousand which is $1,000 net, okay? So you get in that $1,000 if you win it, zero if you lose, okay? Next scenario, you're gonna risk 100 as well, but this time it's on a minus 1,000. So now if you win that bet, you're gonna win 10. This might be betting a huge favorite in the NFL. You bet on uh, whatever. Bet on the fourth quarter when they're up by 20. You won't be yeah. able to do it on a live bet, but let's say you bet on the biggest favorite, Green Bay versus Jacksonville, um, with Devonte Adams still on Green Bay, whatever, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you probably some, find something on an MMA card that week. Yeah, yeah. potentially yeah. A, minus thousand, something like that. So now you you have a hundred dollars and you have ten if you win. So if you lose the bet, you end up with zero as always. If you win the bet, you end up with ten. Okay. So here is the key in terms of actually figuring this out: is you need to factor in what the percentage is of winning each of those bets. Now you could do it with the hold, but I will do it just without for right now, or sorry, with the hold for right now. So minus 1,000 is an implied win probability of 90.91. It should be 90.91. Yeah. Okay, and then plus 1,000 is going to be 9.09. No vig. Okay, so when I put those in to my sheet here, so you have 90.09%, and then you have 9. Point, um, sorry here, 9.09. Zach, you're pulling this graphic up, I hope, after, for anyone watching on YouTube. All right. So basically, here's what you got now. You have a 90% chance at winning uh, $10, okay? So you do $10, 90% chance, expected value, just call it $9 for simplicity, okay? So if you bet it on the minus 1,000, your expected value is a 90% chance to win 10 bucks, which is $9. If you bet it on the plus 1,000, you only, you're going to win a thousand if you win. Okay. But your chances of winning is only 9%. Okay. Yeah. So instead of being $9 and being nine, 90% of $10, you're now 9% of a thousand dollars, which is $90. Your expected, expected value is $90. So just by betting on a plus a thousand versus a minus a thousand, your expected value on that bet is $90 instead of $9. 10 and times. Yeah. Framing it that way makes it a whole lot more logical. Honestly. It's a probability yeah. thing, right? It's, it's, not, it's just straight probability. And the reason why for those who are listening and are like, well, how is it like that? It's because you don't get the risk amount back. If you were risking an amount, if this was just a regular bet, these would add up to the exact same, assuming no Vic. Right. Because what's ha what happens in a regular bet is you are likely to get your hundred back. So if you get your hundred dollars back plus the 10, then now you're at 110 net times the 90%. And in this scenario, you're at, 100 times that, it ends up being the same. But since you don't get the 100 back in risk amount, because it's just sitting in your account, it's a free bet, it exits to zero, you are now going to end up getting 10x the expected value, 
by doing something over something else. This applies to everything. Plus 250 versus a minus 100. Zach, producer Zach, sent me a couple of screenshots after I explained this to him. Free he bet has master. Been, he is the free bet king right now. What, what did you hit? I know you don't have a mic, but... Golden State plus 500, St. Peter's Pete plus 650 money line. And then I had another one the day before that. So there you go. Like he's, he's just betting them on the biggest dogs. Arkansas. And Arkansas. Arkansas as well. One. So yeah. by betting those where you're not even really like, it doesn't take a genius to go and just bet the biggest on the board. But if you actually calculate it, and again, like I just showed you how to calculate it real quick, we can go do the math. We'll put it on screen. If you're on YouTube, we'll, we can clip this as well. But realistically, these are things you're going to learn in the Discord from us as well, from other members of the team that are going to bring you like that one bet, that one specific bet. You just got 90 bucks instead of nine for no reason from a $100 free play, right? That expected value is insanity to be able to actually just shift it that much because we're not talking about giving $100 free, play, free plays out with these bonuses. Some books are given 1000 yep. So if you're getting a $1,000 free play, now your actual difference is hundreds of dollars that you were wasting by just using suboptimal strategy. Correct. So even on that $100 free play where your EV is $90, now imagine you're opening an account at 20, 30 sports books. You're just multiplying that expected value across every single one of those sports books. And that's what you would expect to earn off of all those free bets combined. So there are huge advantages to taking advantage of the free bet in that way. Um, it is the proper way to do it just from a pure math perspective. Obviously, there's some luck involved. There might be people out there who bet a bunch of underdogs and they all lose. That doesn't mean you did anything wrong. There might be people out there like Zach who bet at every underdog and they just win on every account. I mean, you, you're no offense, Zach, but obviously you would know that that's lucky as well. But that's the reality of how you should approach it. The only one thing I will say, which is very, very important for people in Ontario to note, because it's very different from the U.S., the U.S., you will see these promotions advertised everywhere. You're watching a, a football game on TV, a basketball game. The exact details of the promotion are advertised right there. Ontario law prohibits the sports book from doing that. So it's not that the sports books are not offering that to you in Ontario. They are offering that to you. If you go to Betstamp and you click through to every single sports book from there, we have a lot of exclu exclusive offers with sportsbooks that you will get just for being a BetStamp member, but you can compare every single site just by clicking every single one of those. They can't advertise it to you on your TV or on a billboard on the highway or whatever, and we can't do it either. But if you do do that, you will see all the promos. So you're going to have to do a little bit extra work than an American would have to do to do this stuff, but they do exist. So don't like worry that these are not being offered in Ontario because you're not seeing them marketed to you. The sportsbook legally cannot market it to you. Yes, and nor can anyone online. So you won't see a commercial or anything like that that advertises like go to DraftKings and get $500 free bets um, at there. But what you will see obviously is that on the actual site. So um realistically, we're going to be ranking, we're going to be evaluating all these things and showing everyone what to do and kind of how to how to make these things do it. Uh, these are things that also like, you know, when when new stuff might pop up, uh, that's good. You know, if you're in the discord, you know, someone might end up uh, shooting you a like shooting a notification or something like that. Like there's going to be um, a group, a community right now. So we haven't launched it yet. It'll be launching on Saturday. But this is going to be an amazing community of people who are all in Ontario. We're going to all be looking to uh, crush the bookies as they say um anyways 
Last thing on there for the bonuses front is a lot of these bonuses come with a rollover, which what a rollover is, is the sports book. They're not, they're not dumb, right? So they're not going to let you deposit in, make a thousand bucks, withdraw it, take your thousand in pocket and leave whatever. That's not the purpose of the promo and nor should it be. The purpose of the promo is to have you try out that sports book and see if that's the one for you. You know, we're all betting. We all want to make sure that we've got a sports book that's going to do it. So, they put what's called a rollover on any bonus requirements, meaning if you've deposited and taken a $1,000 bonus from us, you've got to roll that over five times or whatever it might be, three times, 10 times, eight times, depending on the bonus. You've got to bet that amount minimum three times before you can take your money out with that bonus. You can always take your money out, but you will have to forfeit that bonus amount that you got. So obviously you don't want to forfeit it. You want to get the bonus and then you might have to bet three more times. So you might, you have to bet a cumulative extra thousand or extra 3000, depending on that. So that's kind of what a rollover is, but in terms of how to use it, we're also going to be talking a lot of strategy in the discord as well as, uh, you know, right now, I guess on how to roll that over. So Rob mentioned, oh, what if you're just betting all dogs and you lose all your money? Like tough could happen. But what you could also do is, uh, you know, try to take advantage of these bonuses by doing other things and, you know, may maybe making sure that you're locking in some profits, hitting some rollovers, making sure you're picking off really good numbers across the board. Um, now, the bonuses, as I mentioned, what they are intended to do is have you try out that sports book. In no scenario should you be like bonus hunting and abusing these bonuses at the sports book. It's not what I would recommend doing. For me personally, if there's going to be 50 sports books in Ontario, what I want to do is it's kind of unrealistic unless you're going to be at it every single day to actually manage, keep balances in 50 different sports books, deposits, withdraw, verifications. It's tough. And realistically, I know nobody is going to use 50 different sports books uh, at once for the recreational better. But that being said, there's no reason you can't try out all 50. Get the bonuses at each and play through them and, and give the sports books some action. And then when you're done and you know you don't like that book anymore, either withdraw, you might lose your money in one book, might make double in another book, withdraw your money and then, you know, keep it down to a range of like, you know, four to five sports books that you use on a daily basis, add those to your rotation, link them with Betstamp, And then now you're, you've experienced sports betting for what it should be. You've built up your bankroll to the point now where you can be betting a little bit more, having more fun or betting, uh, you know, I wouldn't say larger amounts. I meant more in terms of a sense of like, you can be betting more often, things like that. But in order to do that, you really have to like try all the sports books to see. And then you might end up saying bet three, six, five is amazing for live betting but it's not really good for this prop or this bet has the best futures and they always have the golf tournament futures up on the Monday, right? When I want to bet them. So I, I, this is in my rotation. Now, another book might have every time I want to bet on the Leafs, there's a promo on this book. So I'm keeping this one. You know what I mean? And if you keep four or five in your rotation, that's the way to master sports betting as a recreational better. Best way. That's the uh, really well put because obviously people are always going to come to me and say, what sports books should I bet at? I always follow that up with like 15 questions for them, right? Because it's not the same for everyone. Yep. At the end of the day, what's important to me might not be important to you, Josh, or to you, Jacob, or to Johnny as well. There's just different factors. I bet at some smaller sites, which some people would never even consider betting at, but I like the speed at which they get their NHL lines posted, for example. Um, I like the fact that... Um, potentially that they have a mobile app that is nice. Like there's some sites that don't have a desktop uh, application. You can't go to their website. There's some that don't have a mobile app. Well, okay. If I'm at a computer all day long and I'm at work and I place all my bets on desktop, 
then why would I ever use a site or want to use a site where the desktop you know, version is crappy, right? Um, and vice versa. If I'm always on the run and I'm placing bets on my phone, if I'm a truck driver or whatever, then why am I going to want to download the app or use the app with the best desktop experience? I want to use a good mobile app. So to each their own, I, I do agree with Johnny. Uh, you might hear something bad about one book, which would deter you from depositing into it. This has happened to probably all of us before where somebody says, oh, you know, this this book is garbage or whatever. And then you go bet at it and you're like, actually, you know what? I'm making a ton of money here. I think it's great. Um, it, you, you kind of have to just exper- experience that yourself. I mean, that's that's the reality of things. Yeah. You can read sportsbook reviews. We can recommend stuff for sure. Um, there are obviously going to be some best in breed sportsbooks, which are just great experiences for pretty much everybody. Uh, but without experiencing it yourself, you'll never know. A couple of years ago, I was wanted to sign up for one of the gray area sports books here. And a uh, buddy of mine told me, nah, don't sign up there. It's literally the worst book I've ever played with. I hate that book. Like, not worth it. Um, I ended up signing up and, like, still use it to this day and love that book. And when I went back and asked him a couple months later, I was like, why do you, why do you hate this? What, like, why do you hate this book? It's actually so good. He's like, oh, they don't have live betting at all. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't even live bet. Like, right. I don't do much live betting. So like I, I didn't care about that. Right. So it really is a matter of like personal preference in a sense of what sports books you're going to use. And everybody like it, it's so crazy because like you're going to obviously most people bet the same stuff as their buddies and you'll go around and share info and be on the same side, sweat the bets together and stuff like that. But that is a prime example of like, what if you just don't live bet? Then are you just going to write that site off? They might have the best odds for something amazing promos, clean interface, but they don't have live betting. Maybe a site hat one specific site always has odds for curling and you bet curling you need that site yep. you know what i mean that's your that's got to be in your rotation of there, books. there's all sorts of things like uh i'll throw out the name of an operator but kasumo for kasumo for me this is my personal opinion i don't like the interface because i'm used to a very traditional sports book layout you know, I've used Bet365 growing up, Sports Interaction, uh, you know, all those sites. I still continue to use them now. Kasumo is very different. It's very gamified, right? It looks different. One of my best friends who's like video gamer and whatever and plays a lot of mobile games, Kasumo is his favorite book. Like he's like, I can't believe you don't like this. So it's like to each their own, right? Every mobile, every mobile experience, desktop experience is going to speak differently to different people. Um, it's just not for me for other people. So that's just one example because it's, and I only use Kasumo as an example because it's a, a non-traditional layout. So it's, people will know what I'm talking about if they hit the site. But uh, yeah, that's, I think that's just good advice. Figure out what works best for you and don't try to kind of fit in the mold of somebody saying, oh, you have to bet at this sports book or whatever. If it doesn't fit what you want to do as a better, then don't bet there and find out a better site or a yeah. site more suited to you. Exactly. What else we got? Any other questions? I think I think we pretty much covered everything. I think this was pretty loaded. Covered the bonuses, we covered the rollovers, we covered the types of betting within Ontario. Don't even have to worry come. about deposit and withdrawal because you'll have every option available to you as a Canadian that you would need yep. to deposit and with. Like even like if you're looking personally for, for the rec better, by the way, like e-transfer is the way to go because you don't have to give any of your personal info. So just a quick uh, recap on how it works. There's payment processors that work within Canada, um, two major ones and Basically, so you'll go to the sports book and you'll click deposit and you'll click each interact e-transfer. They will pop populate a little screen that says, okay, send an e-transfer from your bank to this email address and send this amount of money, which is whatever you choose to deposit and put this little code in the message. 
And then you do that. As soon as your e-transfer sends, that money gets credited into your betting account. Just like that. You do not have to send in your personal info. They do not receive information about your bank, how much is in your bank. There's no credit card associated. Like it's such an easy, simple method where it's essentially just a lower risk, quick method that everybody has. If you have a Canadian bank, which you should, then you have Interact e-transfer. So that would be my preferred method for anyone who's uh, looking to deposit. And this is for if you're looking to deposit five bucks, 500 or 5,000, it's still going to work the best. The last thing I think is that's important to touch on and we definitely should here is responsible gaming. At the end of the day, there's a lot of money to be made in Ontario. There's these sports books that are coming from the US especially or even big UK books that are operating in Ontario, whatever, wherever they may be, they have massive marketing budgets. They are looking to get your business. It can work in your advantage, but remember to bet within your limits. At the end of the day, yes, you want to take advantage of as much of this stuff as possible, but if you cannot afford to have $5,000 tied up in different sports books, then don't do it. At the end of the day, if you're sweating your bets to the point where it's uncomfortable, you have anxiety, you have way too much in play, you need to dial it back, only bet what you can afford to lose. And we did an episode on bankroll management. You always start with what your bankroll is going to be for the purposes of betting. And this is an amount of money where if everything went wrong and I lost this amount of money, it's not going to affect my well-being or my day-to-day. And that's the starting point for everyone. Figure out what your bankroll is. You're very unlikely to lose that entire bankroll with the amount of bonuses that you're going to be getting with welcome bonuses, promotions, whatever. It's, uh, and if you're spreading it around, very unlikely. With that said, it can happen. There is the possibility of busting for everyone. So bet within your limits, bet responsibly. If you're uncomfortable at any point, you need to take a step back. And if it ever becomes a problem, obviously seek help. Um, because problem gaming is a real thing and people do have addictive personalities. We all know some people that it it might be gambling. It might be whatever. It it doesn't matter. Just really want to preach that bet responsibly. Yeah. For sports betting bet responsibly. It's a, it's, um, also just a major issue on casino as well that I'd like to touch on is like all of these operators now that casino regulation has come in as well, will be offering online casinos and online casino addiction is real. And it, it, it's very, very, very hard to stop once you like kind of get in the hole and you're just constantly betting more money and more money. And the difference between an online casino and an in-person casino is significant because an in-person casino, if you're sitting at a roulette table, that roulette wheel is only going by maybe every three and a half, four minutes, five minutes even. When you're at an online casino and you can table hop and just zip, 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 like, you know, 10, 10 grand can go in one second. Whereas at a regular casino, you might be a little more... Um, in control. So everyone be very careful with the online casino stuff. I'm not saying that it's, there, it's not fun to dunk $5 on roulette and, you know, maybe play 50 bucks one night, like for sure within reason, but, uh, you know, be careful for online casino. You're definitely going to want to set some, like, uh, some limits that you can lose in one particular day, just so you're not tilting. If you do have that problem, if you are that person, make sure, please, 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 that you're not just dunking away money on online casino because it's so easy to lose so much so fast given the quick turnaround. With sports, you can bet whatever you want on the Maple Leafs. That game is lasting for three hours and you're watching that whole game and you're going to sweat up and downs and stuff like that. So the max amount you're losing is over three hours. With online casino and the amount of clicks, just make sure everyone's very careful. Good point. Uh, I hope everyone found this informative. informative. It's a very exciting time 
for Ontarians for sure. And for those um, provinces that haven't been regulated in Canada yet or are going to see operators, it's coming in the near future. Same with a various amount of states where we're seeing more regulation as well. Uh, so hopefully this gets some playback when other states and provinces start to legalize. Uh, obviously, we talked about it a few times, but follow Betstamp on Twitter. We will tweet out the Discord channel for everyone in Ontario who wants to join. Obviously, we preach downloading Betstamp and using the app on a day-to-day basis. It is extremely helpful. Our producer, Zach, in the span of... I mean, I think we hired Zach in November. I would be very confident giving him my money to bet right now. He's up 780 grand. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. No, but he's actually done fairly well, and it's all actually verified on our platform as well. So, um, I mean... We can, tur- you know, we've been turning around internal employees. You guys will be next. Although you've come around too as well. To be fair, Zach just keeps betting Austin Matthews to score a goal every game. <laughs> he yeah. literally and does. He can't and stop. He it's a money it. machine. It is. I mean, he's, but he's honestly, he, he finds the best price. He finds the best price all the time. So that's what matters. It's an exciting time. Um, so please download Betstamp. And then the last thing, I mean, if you did enjoy this YouTube, hit the thumbs up. If you're listening on Spotify or uh, iTunes as well, please like. And if you are using the Betstamp app, please rate and review it. We do value that feedback. We use a lot of it in our development roadmap and everything like that. But uh, we hope that you are enjoying the app. This has been a monumental episode, number five zero, episode 50 of Circles Off. Peace.